tick and and uh, what makes them think that they can make us tick faster. Round from town to town. I rambled around from town to town. And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle. Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land.
Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's David Bowie. I, I mean, is this how, is it going to be like this really? <laughs> Already, David. Um, yeah, this is Bug Hot Square Mutiny Radio on the corner of Twenty First and Florida in the beautiful Mission, where it's uh, always flat and sometimes sunny, and it's uh, it's dark right now. Um, but it was a nice day. It's uh, they say it may never rain again, so um. You know, I'm really enjoying uh, the uh, beautiful uh, early March weather. Yeah. So um, let me, I got to do a little housekeeping here before we get this going. Um, of course, this is pledge uh, year, and we're, we'll be, we're always begging for money. Um, if you've given, thank you so very, very much. If you're thinking about giving, uh, you know, it's, uh, you, could, you could do worse things with your money. Um, no obligations, really. We're just trying to, um, just get things together. We got some, uh, we got, you know, like rent and light bill, those sort of things. <laughs> you know, the essentials. We're working on it. Um, so there is a GoFundMe, uh, if you come through the website, you can please give. Also, this first week of March is, um, Comedy Week, uh, Comedy Fest. I don't know. It's probably the third or fourth one, maybe the fourth even. Fifth one, I'm getting hand signals here. So I'm going to bring up these mics. We got um, uh, Casey and Melina. All right. So Casey, I'm going to bring yours up. You want to just hello, and hello. And then uh, Melina, hello. I think, is this at you? Hi. Uh, excellent. First try. Um, so uh, you guys just uh, hang, hang tight for a minute. I want to um, tell uh, all our legions of listeners what we listened to. So that was uh, David Bowie um, off the Aladdin Sane record. Before that was Cotillion. Um, they are a uh, San Francisco band that I happened to see and uh, bought the record. And I like that's a good record. I don't know what it is, though. It's The writing is so, um, yeah, I just I can't figure it out. But Cotillion with a C, C-O-T-I-L-L-O-N. Uh, check it out. It's a really good kind of lo-fi no, it's high quality, but kind of good strip music kind of thing. Talking Heads from the Speaking in Tongues. Eh, I don't know. Again, with the small writing. Speaking in Tongues is the record, though. Uh, Roxy Music from the, um, I don't know if they were even naming their records back then. The Roxy Music record. Um, and it was uh, Both Ends Burn In. Uh, Siren, that's the, the and before that, we had Beck from Morning Phase um, doing uh, uh, Morning. That's a good one. I can't believe I left that record in here for a month. And, doing press. and we opened up with Donna Summer. Uh, uh, I feel love. Um, and I do. What about you guys? Uh, what drives you? Does love uh, drive the, the comic, uh, Casey? Yes. Our hatred for ourselves and our love for laughter. Is, it, is, is there um, a certain amount of self-loathing in the community? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. And how does that, is that, um, does that help wonder, the comedy? I or don't know. I sometimes wonder, I, s I actually sometimes wonder, like, boy, I'd be a lot funnier. Yeah. And then, I, then when I'm not as depressed, I feel like I'm driving you. My, yeah. <laughs> my brand is self-deprecation. So. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh so um, let's let's just I want to go you individually and um, and just uh, get a little uh, you know, taster. 
So, uh, Melina, what's, uh, where are you from and uh, what do you do and what's going on with, with you, Melina? I'm from Portland, Oregon, and so the sun is very nice. <laughs> it's d there's a certain amount of solar deprivation in those yes. parts? Yes. We've had a nice winter, though, uh -huh. a lack of rain. Um, I'm currently a server at a senior living place. So I get a lot of material. Um, so you live in a, in a retirement home? Well, sometimes it feels like my home for how <laughs> long my shifts are. But <laughs> oh, you no. don't sleep? Oh, so you, that's your, that's your uh, that puts bread on the table. Yes. As much as you can sneak out of the cafeteria. Right, <laughs> exactly. So um, Portland, it's pretty cool. You ever see this Portlandia show? Yeah, I didn't it, like it. You didn't like it? Does it, um, I've. I've I driven feel like Portland it was once. overrated. Uh, overrated, okay. Um, I understand. Did you? Were you like offended by the humor at all, or was it? Somewhat. Yeah. I just thought the jokes went on too long, like they thought it was too funny. Oh, uh, you know, you know, the best way to deal with that is you just watch like the first episode, and it's kids having bad feelings. I felt right. I dealt with it the best way. I'm watching it all. Oh, well, I don't know. I, I. I um I'm intrigued with Portland. I mean, they're uh, just from what you hear. It just seems like everyone's cool. It is, yeah. But um, is there um, what's uh what's the community like as far as the comedy scene? You know, so there are more and more mics, uh, comedy mics. Um, you can do like up to three or four night. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Do people do that? Oh, yeah. So is it like you go in a posse, or is everyone just kind of zipping I past mean, one another? somewhat. Um, it doesn't necessarily help because then people leave a mic while you're performing, so then it goes from a crowd to of an audience. Yeah. Three or Your four. Your one friend. But, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and they're just leaving stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's uh, that was a, that's a thing with open mic. Sometimes it's like you got, uh, you know, it seems to be there's like that echelon. I don't know, it, it just from what I can get. I'm sure they're all different in every city, but I think just from human nature, uh, the aspect of it is that there's the there's the the big sheep on the hill, and that could be a group of people or whatever, and they're like rolling in, doing their thing, killing, <laughs> and then off to the next one. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's like no uh, regarding like listening or watching anybody yeah, else. Yeah, pretty much. And is that? I, and I found that, and I and I, I always throw this at the the comedy uh, community that it's a very self-centered group. And I really, I just do it as a, uh, I just, I, I, I don't really mean that, but I just do it as kind of just poking a stick because I come here for like open mics once. Or yeah. they are just kind of overlap, but it's um it's funny to to watch that. And, but there is some, but I think all you open micers out there that maybe you might want to stick around right for yeah. an act or two before you dodge over to the off yeah. ramp or where whatever <laughs> club you. I tend to stick around. I'm a good uh, audience member. How long have you been doing stand up? About four years. So I remember uh, Jerry Seinfeld said, "So you're like four years old." So. <laughs> yes, you're like this. So, I mean, uh, as far as uh, your comedic chops. But four years is um, four years. 
and how yeah. and how and how does it feel like is it um is it well, more fun is, now or easier or harder this or? is my first festival so that felt cool did you do a set have you yet to i have it's not uh, this is it no <laughs> <laughs> no uh i had a good set on sunday nights make the tapes uh-huh right on Invited some family that lives in San Francisco and L.A. And, and so they I showed up? Yeah, I mostly. I pretty much brought the crowd. And, uh, well, that's fantastic. And that's so that all should be uh, archived for our enjoyment at some if you want, right? Web? Yeah. All right, yeah. big. So um, are you going to do any more? I don't know how that works. If uh, Festivals? Yeah, if you come, uh, do you have any other uh, slots booked uh, in the week? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm hosting the Beck script. Uh, it was Chris Hotomy, but he uh, bought to me. When, what day is that and what time? Thursday okay. 7. Okay. And what um and that's uh it's a themed uh, kind of thing, right? So it's Beck script is a the there's a comic who writes an episode of a TV they've never seen. Okay. So I actually will be recycling a script that I wrote uh, from the episode of a show no longer airing, but One Tree Hill. Okay. Is it like a sketch thing or multiple people doing this? Yeah. Or is, all right. Like Jake, it is all like cold coming into it? Or yeah. People, all right. Good. Sounds fun. Yeah. And um, so your progression as a, as a comic, is it having more fun now or yeah, is it stressful I, or I mean yes <laughs> I mean if you like I mean it's it's hard I mean when you're like pursuing a, an art form you know it's like are you know like I'm, am I doing this for kicks or right. am I like super serious about this right. do I want to be successful right. um uh all of the above yeah, yeah. all right <laughs> yeah I mean um so um, I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but um, if you – and I don't know if you would want to take a couple minutes to uh, do a little bit of something or uh, – you know, I'm just sure. – <laughs> All right, so, um, well, let's see. I don't want to, like, try to set anything up, but um, right. <laughs> you're um, – so it's like, ah, all right, uh, it's Melina. Hey, she's here from – she just came from the other place across town, and uh, she's got her – minutes what do you say give it up for melina thank you thank you okay uh let's see i recently um recently worked at starbucks and so my first day, the barista said, hey, uh, can I have your name? And I said, no, bitch, it's mine. Like, what? Get your own. After I had worked there a while, a uh, customer ordered a bacon gouda sandwich. Sounds good. Uh. And then I said to myself about myself, you're fired. And so then I was freaking out, right? Like, no job. Seconds later, I was like, you're hired again. Like, don't don't worry about it. I was recently on a show 
afterward, a guy came up to me and he was like, you're funny. I said, I'll say thank you. And he was like, in a good way. I was like, thanks for the clarification. I was, I recently got a job as a server at a senior living place. I was uh, helping my friend's grandma out, watching her while my friend was out of town. And I asked her if she wanted to take her pills, and she was like, no, I don't like you. I mean, I don't like me either most days, so I get it. So I resorted to small talk. I was like, what's your favorite color? She was like, I have one, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I was like, how are the pills looking now? She was like, I still don't like you. You're a popcorn girl. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant, so. <laughs> that's what it meant. Prostitute. But before you go thinking that I was having sex for money, actually having sex for popcorn. Not sure how I feel about the business model, but. I mean, it's my job, so <laughs> got to get behind it. Thank you. I've been <laughs> right on. Um, uh, I like popcorn. Yeah. I eat disgusting amounts of popcorn. You know, pretty addicting. Just the one takes you down. Right. <laughs> Which happens, Casey? Hey, tell us about uh, about your uh, yourself. Where you where you live and where you come, where you grew up. I come from Boston. Hail from Boston. Uh, that's where I'm, I'm living now. I'm originally from Michigan, though. I'm okay. From the because you didn't say Boston, man. I no, I don't say Boston. No, I, my my wife though is a Somerville girl. She's a she's a hardcore Bostonian. Yeah, she's okay. got the accent, all that stuff. You know, meet us up the house, Miles, and making yeah. some coffee cake. Park the cow, yeah. Um, what about we're in Michigan? I uh, I know Michigan. I'm from the hickey redneck part of Michigan called Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, Michigan. I mean, I, it's so nice to be out here right now. The weather yeah. because the weather is so so beautiful. In Michigan, where I grew up, we uh, we uh, you know we didn't even have four seasons. We'd be marked by two seasons: nine months of snow and three months of risky ice. So that's that's about all we have there to go. But it, uh, I moved to Boston. My story is like any uh, any good story. My story is about a girl. I uh, I started doing comedy in Boston, and uh, I started doing comedy like a million years ago. I started in the late late nineties. Uh -huh. um, and wow. yeah, yeah lo long long <laughs> long time. And I should be a lot funnier by now. Uh, <laughs> so I. And I moved. I, I did. You know, I did okay. I did. I, I became a feature kind of a guy. Thirty minutes at, at good clubs. Uh -huh. Like I played the Riv in Vegas and uh, a lot of improvs and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I moved into public speaking. I you know, spent a, you know, twenty. Years Are you a Toastmaster? No, the Toastmaster is sort of like the the. I don't want to say that's a cult, isn't it? It's a pro. It's a, it's the cabal. pro am. It's sort of like I want to be a speaker, so Toastmaster is going to teach me how. I, I, okay. 
I skipped right. I skipped that and went right to I'm already a speaker. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, and that's where I made my money for you know for a long time. But um, the economy hit and everything fell apart. And you know I still do this, the speaking stuff and that. But uh, I be, beat a 30 year pill addiction. And uh, yeah, and, and interestingly enough, when I got sober, my life fell apart. Like you know, I couldn't. No, nobody would hire me. Like all, all kinds of. Sh- <laughs> it's the funniest nope, thing in the world. Nope, nope. Too steady. So, but yeah, so I went. I went back to the small stage. I said, I'm just going to go back to small, small comedy. I'll work up a different kind of a you know pu- public speaking act because that can that pays the bills. Actually. Right. And uh, in 2000, about 2017 or something, I went back and just started miking in that, and then I you know started doing shows and getting booked and said. What the hell? I'm an old man, but these guys seem to still be okay. And you came, it, uh, so you you came all the way from Boston. I know? came all the way from Boston. Man, to that's be uh, here. that's uh, that's fantastic. Um, there's three other guys from Boston. There's a few Boston. Did y'all come in a van together? Or no, no, no. Well, no, we all live in a van back in Boston. But uh, the th- the thing is that the, the San Francisco this mutiny radio kind of thing, especially, is is a lot. Like Boston, the way Boston is very much about alternative comedy. Like I, uh-huh. I, we're all underground comics. Like I'm an under, I'm considered kind of an underground comic, even okay. though I'm an old, old guy. So. Like Bill Burr, is he? How does he rate in your? I mean, I, I like the guy, but I don't know. Maybe he's just kind of like uh, Bill, he sold out. Well, Bill Bill Burr is highly revered where I uh-huh. come from. Okay, and uh, because he's from, he's there. like the homeboy, right? Yeah, he's a homeboy, and he will come. He will come to your mics. He will show up at a show. He'll yeah. walk in and. and Take he'll do do a few minutes or whatever and, and yuck it up with the guys and take pictures with you and uh-huh. shoot the shit. Good. And he's a decent guy. He's a straight shooter. Everybody knows that about him, you know. And he's he's sort of the guy that people that people look at when they say, you know, if you're gonna be edgy and you're gonna do stuff that is either borders on race or borders on sexism or borders on this, right. stuff, it better be fucking funny. Like yeah. it, you better be able to sell that shit. And Bill Burr sells his stuff yeah and, he and he's and he's a straightforward guy he's known you know what you see is what you get and at the end of the day he's a, he's a really nice guy right on so um he doesn't live in the van or did he ever live in the van with you guys i or? don't know bill's origin story really <laughs> I, I never knew him back then when i started doing comedy in the 90s though interestingly enough i was doing you know we would have mics and there would be showcases where you get like you know 10, 10 guys would do seven minutes a piece or 10 guys would do 10 minutes a piece. And I was doing these things with like Mark Marin and, and uh, Adam Sandler okay. and those guys. You know, they were all, all right. like micers and shit. Right, yeah, right. You know. Well, that's... Uh, I hope those guys ended up on their feet. <laughs> yeah, they're... I've heard of one, one of those guys. <laughs> right. So, uh, Melina, what about um, a lot of uh, women in uh, comedy? Ah. I'm I just mean, hearing like guys Portland? and bands and... Portland doesn't have. I mean, it ha- the majority is guys, but uh-huh. there are funny women out there. Yeah, I, I think it's like around here too, and you know, it's just like sometimes it's just like one, and you're like, right. I was just at the like open mic here, uh-huh. and I was oh, besides Pam, only woman. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that, but um, I mean, I don't. Uh, I mean, I, I consume, I, I don't get out much anymore, but they got this thing, Netflix, you hear of this? Uh, it's like a, it <laughs> yeah. comes right on your, your TV set. <laughs> and um, uh, I see all kinds of uh, women that are really, <laughs> like, hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, so they're coming from somewhere. Right. I love yeah. Tig Nataro. Yeah. yeah. Tig right. is awesome. Yeah. Tig, she does a lot of shit out where I live, too. So 
Yeah, I just saw um, shit, and I'm just like so bad. My memory is so bad, but it was the one, uh, the woman who did the uh, press, uh, the DC press thing, and uh, Ray's house. God, man, redhead. Kathy Griffin. No, 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 no. Um, uh, anyway, I went and saw her in town, and she's like, I think I know who you're talking about, but I can't put the name to it. She was on, and it was like it was like Trump's first. Year, so it was the, the thing. He wasn't there, but then she tore into the press secretary. I, rem- I remember the event. I just don't remember who it is. That'll bug us now. I'll yeah, it will. All right. Sorry. Producers, Stupid can the producers please research yeah. that for us? <laughs> Get it on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but, um, yeah, so what do you think? You got any theories on that one? Women, it's just too scary out there. Too many, like, because the guys are kind of scary a little bit, right? Comedians are, especially. Some of them open it just micers. gets kind of tiring, all the dick jokes. Yeah. For me, yeah. personally. It's tiring for me. Do you think it's like, do they think that's funny or? Uh, right, guys, what you know, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I that's don't. They think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. That no, it's we- no, there's weird, and there's weird crazes and, fr- and th- you know, in 30 years, I mean, I've seen, you know, the trends of. Grocery store jokes to the airline jokes to the now it's dick jokes. Back in Boston, they're starting the ass eating jokes is a big trend mm, at Mike's. Yes, and so there's a lot of this Me Too stuff uh-huh. that goes on, especially at Mike's. Like, oh my God, so I need an ass eating joke. I don't. Ha-. I'm like, no, you don't really need one right. of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so do you uh, do you want to, uh, uh, Melina? Do you want to get out of town other than coming to here? Do you ever get out of town and and do play yeah, other I've towns? Done uh, a bit of shows in Seattle at some scene, which is too out. But uh-huh. uh, do you have an agent? How do you book these things? I don't. My cheery self. All right. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> that's good. But I mean, so you do the research. It's like, oh, all right. You look up. There's some comedy clubs there. Yeah. You call. Um, as how's that experience been like when you went to Seattle? Was that uh, pleasurable or was it just a? I mean, I went with another comedy friend, so it was good. It was fun. I didn't do super well at the show, but <laughs> that's all right. I mean, uh, Seattle's amazing. There I've been. Yes, it's a grayer <laughs> portal. It's like. It's like the, the open bike, man. Though, all it's just drear and right. <laughs> trench coats. Uh, uh, you guys listen to music much? All yeah. the time, constantly. Really? Yeah. 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 Um, uh, like, how do you consume your music? Your phone. Your phone. Yeah. Dig. And like a Spotify or something along those lines or things like that. Yeah. So do you um, do you have like go tos you do or do you like uh, pop? You know, like whatever's uh, big on the billboard or, uh, you know, depending on how you feel. Yeah, sometimes it's depending on how I feel. But uh, for some reason, I, since a young age, I've kind of been drawn to different things. Yeah. Frankie Valley. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I got some of his records. Uh, Not here, but. But I did bring some uh, comedy records in, and, and I, I, 
gave them to you and then yeah. so did you pick like something out of those I kind of my parents actually introduced my sister and I to my mother's brothers at a young age ah. so I am in love with them okay was there any cuts on that did you do you know that right that bit at especially all? yeah especially the mom always mom liked always you best liked you one. best is the thing. The there's also tattoo song it's not bad I don't know that one well, oh, we'll you do. Can call we'll me stupid. We'll do the big. I do. Yeah, that one too. Um, which one do you prefer? Um, we'll, we can play. Uh, Mom always liked you. Best that's the that's the that's the hit, right? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, what about well, you, Casey? Anything there you see uh, that you grabbed? Oh yeah, I mean we we all we both we consolidated okay. on yeah. the same on the same all stuff. Right. The George Carlin record and W. C. Fields, who's just like absolutely awesome. Okay. <laughs> w. C. Fields told my favorite joke ever. You ready? What yeah. what it is? That I, I always keep these sedatives handy in case I see a snake, which I also keep handy. Yeah. The guy was a fucking genius. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But he he and he used and get this, he he was he was a he was a world class drunk, apparently. Yes. And he used to go around That's and deposit he, he used to take his money when he would get his money from his stuff, he would go to random banks and deposit his money. And he deposited oh. his money in all all over the place and then never remembered where it was. And he uh, died. He died. died without, yeah. Penniless. Yeah. He was oh like an awesome gosh. juggler too. Was like, he? Yeah. He was like he had this whole career before uh, huh. Hollywood. Yeah. He was like a vaudeville, like like crazy, stupid, like my God, you're in like a circus from Russia kind of juggling, you know, like bouncing things off walls and seven balls at a time and. So, sort of thing. Yeah, so there's no real good album notes on this thing, but we were just like WC Fields, hell yeah. So okay, so what we, what we can do is uh, I got a song queued up, but um, I also have uh, there's a segment that we do. It's called "Rives from the Basement" because it's no lie in the basement we're miles apart. No surprise, <laughs> gonna rise from the basement. What it is? It's home recordists, any style, any genre. They just record music uh, in their homes. So it could be with a super awesome setup. People send do stuff on their phone or computer or whatever. So it's uh, there's no uh, so people send me links to their stuff and okay. usually yeah. go in cold. And sometimes it's uh, uh, you know and I'm I don't judge if there's no like critiquing or anything. I just play it. So um, this one here, if I gotta fire up my machine here, only two kinds of music. In Music and good music. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, good I don't even want Music and good music. Better music. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So this um, this particular song is, um, is a, uh, a friend of mine who uh, um, decided to do a cover of a Beatles song, I Am the Walrus. Ah. So this is Steve Ginsburg. Um and friends uh, performing and uh, doing I Am the Walrus and um, I hope I'm touching this and it, it has responded. Um,
Mom always liked you best. <laughs> there you go. What do you my mean? My mom always liked my brother best, and she never liked me. Mom and why you, you and keep mom. Why do you keep telling me mom always likes you because best? Because she. Every time you get mad, you say mom always liked you best. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, mom always liked you best. You want to know? You always picked on me. You and mom. You my mom and my brother get together and say we don't like you. <laughs> Because mom liked you best, you know and she why never she... liked me. Wait a minute. Do you know why she liked me best? She... Oh, <laughs> Would you like to know why she liked me best? Sure she liked me best. Why not? I never knew mom liked you best. <laughs> you know, mom always used to pick on me. That's... Now I remember. Yeah, now you remember. Mom liked you best and she never liked me. You want to know why? Why? Because I happen to be an only child. 
<laughs> touchy, touchy. Touché. Touché. This just isn't your night, Tommy. Your mom gave you a dog. My mom gave my brother a dog, and I didn't get to have a dog in more Everybody than Everybody had dogs. I didn't have a dog. You got to have a dog in more than anything in the whole world. I wanted to have a dog of my own. I asked my mom, I said, Mom, I want to... I want to have a dog like my brother Dickie Smothers. You remember me, I'm Tommy Smothers. <laughs> and I never got to all have right, a dog, and you wouldn't let me play I'd... with your dog or anything. I remember when I was 10 years old, I said, oh, if I could only have a dog. My brother had a dog, I and I couldn't. Crying, I honey. didn't get to play with your dog, and Why you, should you I... would always tell mom when I play with your dog, hey, Tommy's playing with my dog. You remember Tommy, the kid you don't like so much? <laughs> But I didn't get to play with a dog, and I didn't have a dog. Uh, hold it a minute. Before we go any further, you, you know you had your own pet already. From a chicken. Well, you wanted it. It's no fun playing with a chicken. They don't bark good. You wanted it. You I said, didn't want that. You wanted to sell the eggs. It was a rooster. And every Saturday, my brother, they would, all, the, all of his friends, they get on their, they all get up their dogs and they get their bicycles. And they... I didn't have a bicycle either! You had a bicycle! Now hold it, Tommy, now hold it down. Now. You're just getting excited. You, you had a wagon. That was a good wagon. One wheel! Well, what'd you do with the other wheels? Well, it was hard for the chicken to pull that one wheel wagon. Listen. You never liked me, and you went on hikes, and you, and... You know why you didn't get to go on hikes? You, you never would accept me. No, you even had a dolly. A what? A dolly. <laughs> my brother had a doll. You shut up. <laughs> you shut up about my doll. You had that dolly. I remember you and your dolly. <laughs> I said, Mom, don't give me a dolly. <laughs> says, always like your brother. I like my brother. We used to hang around and do things together. Every, about once every three or four months, he'd say, come on, Tom, let's go smoke some Crayolas. <laughs> I certainly did not say that. You did, Crayolas. too. I did not. Stains your teeth. You go it? on hikes. That's right, we went on hikes, because dogs and boys go on hikes. You can't take a chicken on a hike. Frank was a good hiker. <laughs> and all the guys knew Frank was the best hiking chicken in the block. The reason you couldn't go on a hike, you couldn't keep up. You and that crummy wagon. But you want to know the real reason? just one wheel wagon around. All right, Tommy, we want to know the real reason. Is that it wasn't your place to go on a hike with us. We liked you, we liked the chicken, but boys and dogs, they go on hikes together, they're buddies, you know? A little boy even sleeps with his dog. You've never realized the place for a boy and his chicken. Chicken coop. You should have kept that crummy chicken in that chicken coop, Tom, and away from my dog. My uh, chicken killed his dog. <laughs> He was in the mood for a little conference. 
That's the Q-Man, uh, Quincy Jones, um, you know, uh, yeah, he's a good producer. Uh, there he is singing, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Smackwater Jack. Um, I want to thank uh, Scott from Flat Black Plastic for, for letting me have this record. Um, good like that. Flat Black Plastic, Saturdays, uh, noon to two. Good show. Um, Belina. Bel- Melina, Casey, what? Uh, so uh, I know you guys got to get going. You got your uh, open mic. I know you got. They're out there waiting for you. Mm-hmm. The cars warmed up, and but um, uh, let's talk a little bit. We we you guys picked out this uh, uh, Smothers Brothers. So what do you think? Oh uh, my gosh! You think that's uh, you think that stuff's here to stay? I mean, you ever uh, did you ever have a comedy record, Casey? Uh, n- no. Um, th- I tell you, that stuff is classic, though. I. I would encourage like all young comics to to listen to the old stuff because like I listen to Andy Griffiths, I listen to Bob Hope invented stand up. Right. It's like and and you listen to these guys and I don't care if it's from the 30s, 40s, 50s. You listen to somebody that's good, and you're gonna hear the callbacks and the reversals and the th- you're gonna you're gonna hear the craft put into it. It's 
exactly so the same is way it as so I, I see that the um because one of the bonding things i got with my i got a 16 year old kid now but one of the things that we've always kind of bonded on is he watching tv together um and um yeah. one thing we really like to watch is uh stand-up comedy oh yeah so and then we're also into like um john oliver and trevor noah and, mm, and yeah. us, colbert you know so that's kind of how we are all our news is filtered through the various comedians but um so, but he started getting into uh, like George Carlin, you know, watching because a lot of this, this stuff is uh, is on YouTube. So, right. Um, it, it's um, I'm sure what my point was on that, but um, yeah, I guess you know. Uh, oh, oh, oh it, up, like. it was the formula. So that it's like this, you know. So we're I'm watching, you know, we're watching all this, all these comedies, comedians and our comics, right? And um, but there is that kind of like uh, outline or not. I don't know if it's an outline, but it's like, th- you know, the there, there are formulas. There's yep. craft, there's mechanics, timing, there's beats. Yeah. There's and the way you put things around, the way you put the audience, put in the, the callbacks or things like that. It's just clear. It's very clear. And uh, and that's, stuff, that's something that you guys are uh, you do. Well, not everybody does. You know, there's a lot there's no rules in comedy as they say and there really never have been. But when it comes to stand up, there are some things that work better especially for some people than others and and the and the, the methods of how the stuff works different. Do you do blue, Casey? I work I work blue, I also work clean, I also have family. Uh-huh. But uh, uh I like it when I can pull the stops out, but to make money, I got to be able to, to work clean. Like when I first right. started in the business, you were, you didn't get like they told me you'll never work TV if you don't work clean because in the nineties there was no there was no blue right. television. What about you, comedy. Melina? You uh, overall pretty clean. All right. I mean, started. Uh, I, you know, a well placed uh, f bomb is uh, <laughs> works wonders. Yeah. Oh Especially yeah. Especially like when Miller. I look like a little yeah. girl. What did she say? Yeah. Some it people definitely. <laughs> Some people uh, uh, was complain about like you know whether or not you had to use a cuss word and right. you don't. And Dennis Miller usually had a had a great line about saying you know he has this joke about um, that he said it doesn't work without the without the cuss word in it. And the joke is that uh, uh, this guy was on trial recently for uh, murder and he said that he murdered the his wife because he had low blood sugar. Right. And the guy says, so what you mean is all you needed was a fucking Zagnut bar? Yeah. <laughs> and you'd have been okay? And so he said the joke never works without saying fucking Zagnut bar. You right. know, he says you can't make the joke work without it. But I don't know. You know, I, I, I have cuss words because I naturally cuss in my real life. And so when I'm, when I'm up on stage and I I'm mean, doing same. a little more natural. So, Melina, is that, is that something that, um, I mean, do you find you're, you take on a, a different persona when you're on stage? or uh, I know it had to be, like, awkward as hell to, like, do that. Like a sitting bit. there, you know, it's <laughs> like, it's <laughs> but no, I'm kind of the same. I just have this like uh-huh. dry uh, thing and about myself. Right. And I have you ever worked with people who have like, it's like they go on stage and it's like a whole nother thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. That kind of weird or was it like well, when you're like right next to it and you were just talking to them one way and it's right. like, <laughs> not, yeah, well, not, it's not weird to us because like. It's, you know, you recognize that some comics are like, you know, that's they, they like Emo Phillips or something. You know, that's uh-huh. the thing he's got to do to do his thing, you know. And he will do that stuff when he takes a picture with me or whatever. He's a Chicago but boy. Or yeah, he's like he, Downers Grove know, or something. He's normal, mostly. You know, mostly. him and Laurie Anderson went to the same school? No. 
Oh, really? If you know Rory Anderson, Avant Garde. Well, well I I actually opened. I used to open for Judy Tenuta back in the the olden days, and I was opening for her when she and him were together. Mm-hmm. A little <laughs> That's all I can do. You know. So you, uh, can, you can hear. I was just saying, like earlier, you could hear um, uh, the 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 stuff that they that they do in these things has changed, you know, over the years. I, I was trying to think of the point I was trying to make earlier about, um, you know, the comedy and the craft. Go on. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think what you were saying is that there is that they uh, younger, uh, you know, comics coming up could could learn a lot from. Listening to these old records and stuff. And, yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I've got you know, I brought in like I brought a, a prior uh, record in, and I and I just kind of went cold on it, and then he was throwing like a bunch of f bombs, but not like the good ones, you know, more of uh, the gay community, and um, well, you know, awkward, but uh, uh, you know, that's I guess it was there a different time, things. you know. There, that is that that is very much the thing, but what. What is, you know, I think if uh, Mark Maron put it p- pretty well when he talked about now there's a big controversy about, oh, you know, people are too soft and so you can't do kind of, but, you know, if you can't do comedy without, without, you're going to offend somebody, but if you can't do comedy without being, you know, completely offensive Tough to everybody, enough. it may not be right, it may not be the right, you know, may not be the right gig for you. But well, some, I, some I guess, you know, uh, if you're, uh, if you're not tough enough, you shouldn't be like me, like wandering around. Oh, I remember what I was going to say before that. All right. That, that some of the things that some of the things change stay the same, but they change. So, for example, Smothers Brothers, they got canceled in the in, it, because of pressure from like Nixon and stuff like that. Yeah. Because he was against their kind of like they all, all had their files on him, you know, the and F- because that was FBI. considered like I mean, he had Lenny Bruce, but you know, he was on an extreme in, in those days. That was as free speechy sort of as you got was like you know Rowan and Martin's laughing or like the right, Smothers right. Brothers that kind of thing. Interestingly, also music and Smothers Brothers connection. The Who actually played on the Smothers Brothers once, and they were supposed to close the show with uh, "My Generation." And Keith Moon wanted his drums to have this little explosion when he, and uh-huh. they, he didn't like the size of the charge, so he asked him to increase it, and then he increased it himself, and he ended up making a big explosion, got burns, and Pete Townsend had hearing problems oh for the rest gosh. of his life from that. Smothers Brothers trivia, right there. Yeah. Pete. Um, but what I was gonna say was this: they got canceled in the '60s, right? In the '80s. Um, in Boston, Lenny Clark and Martin and, and uh, uh, Martin Olson, who's a great comic who lives in Cali- who lives in California. He's like the voice of uh, the guy from the Nightosphere on Adventure Time. He writes a lot of music for you know the, the okay. cartoon. I like Adventure shows. Time. He's fucking hysterical. But he used to be like this this comedy pianist and singer, and he used to work with Lenny Clark. And they had a show in the studio in Boston, in uh, Cambridge. And they did this one episode that uh, in their their comedy show they did this segment called News for Negroes. And when they did it, they immediately got canceled. You know, and the show was canceled forever. It's sort of like a, a little controversy from their time. I now produce a show, Cambridge Comedy Underground show, in the same studio those guys were in. In my third episode, I also got canceled. And it's called News. Oh, was it's News for Cam- Bitter White Men? No, or, uh, Cam- no, the Cambridge Comedy Underground, but it's it's free speech comedy. Like you guys are doing on radio, I'm doing that in this television market. They canceled us, but all is well because the producer and I decided to fund it ourselves, and we produce it. Interesting how the times change, but the scenarios are the same. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's all human nature, right? We're all just on our way, pretty much. 
So uh, off you guys go. Good yes. luck. Are you? Um, Thanks for having. Uh, Thank you. You're you're quite welcome. Um, I was looking forward to this. Uh, Melina, you've already done your 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 stint here. No, you're no, coming. Plug, uh, plug one more time shows. for your uh, whatever the hell that thing was. Spec script. Spec script. Yes. We're both. Do, I'm I'm one of your players. I know. Right. Okay, so they're gonna She's do a spec script. About that, but she'll get so over. they're gonna do a play in what's it called again? One Tree Hill. Yeah. Oh One man, it's just the imagery. Uh, it's amazing. Which I've also never seen, so it should um, be hysterical. And then uh, Casey, you got, are you going to do a stand-up bit, or are you just that's your that's your uh, next I'm, thing? Or no, I'm gonna I'm uh, I'm like all over the place still. I'm gonna do uh, just JW what you're doing Megawatt here. That's all week. I care about is your Mutiny Radio gig. Yes, what, yes. JW Megawatt on Thursday. I'm gonna do um, uh, for the tapes for me is on Saturday. I'm doing Hell Hat on Friday night. Hellhat. Uh, and I'm doing Friends of the Pod. I think tomorrow, and the spec script follow up on Thursday. Oh, so you guys give uh, your names, your names, and any sort of uh, particulars that people might want to follow you on or anything like that. I'm Melina Best. Graham is Best Melina One Two Three. I'm Casey McNeil. Uh, my Facebook page is uh, Casey McNeil Comedy, and uh, my YouTube channel. And you can also get my Instagram as Casey McNeil Graham. Between the lines, you with 
I came by myself to a very crowded place. I was looking for someone who had lines in her face. I found her there, but she was past all concern. I asked her to hold me. I said, Lady, unfold me. But she scorned me, and she told me I was dead, and I could never return. Well, I argued all night, like so many have before, saying whatever you give me seemed to need so much more. Then she pointed at me, where I kneeled on her floor. She said, "Don't try to use me." slyly refuse me just win me or lose me it is this that the darkness is for I cried oh lady midnight I fear that you grow the stars eat your body and the wind now she said it will just be ignored so I walk through the morning sweet early morning I could hear my lady calling you've won me you've won me my lord you've won
Very soon she was a star, pretty house and shining cars, swimming pool and a fence around, but she missed her old hometown. But she missed her old hometown. All the world was at her door, all except the boy next door, who worked at the candy store. Dream on, dream on, teenage queen, saddest girl we've ever seen. Then one day the teenage star sold her house and all her cars. Gave up all her wealth and fame, left it all and caught a train. Left it all and caught a train. Do I have to tell you more? She came back to the boy next door, who worked at the candy store. Now the story has some more, you'll hear it all at the candy People always want to know how you get started on this job. I guess they ask musicians, too, and actors and everything, but uh, they always want to know how you get started. They say, how do you get started? Say to you, did you always want to be a comedian? Well, not in the womb, but right after that, yes. I do. Sure. Okay. But class clown is when you really do get a chance to kind of uh, work out, you know. Because a classroom is the best place. A classroom's best because, well, no one's allowed to laugh there. And suppressed laughter, you know, is the easiest to get, the most fun. You know, like when you're kneeling in front of a casket. <laughs> During the sermon, whatever it is. And in the classroom, Class clown always sounds like there was only one of them, you know? Or it sounds like the class clown, but that's not true, really. There was, you know, quite often there were two or three or four of them. <laughs> Sometimes you'd have a whole classroom full of them, you yeah? If the main guy was absent, second banana would fill in, right? <laughs> yeah. And the class clown wasn't really uh, so unique, you know, he didn't necessarily do things that were real different, uh, was that uh, he, he learned things first. He discovered things first and passed them on to the other guys, right? Class Clown was the first to discover a lot of musical things. Uh, he was the first one to get into Hawaiian nose humming, right? <laughs> well, if you're gonna play, play, you know. And then, uh, playing head. You had to be a little mazo for that anyway. You know? That in throat. <sighs> Found out later in life, the beard acts as a mute for soft passages. Well, anyway. Class clown. Was the first guy to discover this, usually in gym class, right? Yeah, the old artificial fart under the arm. <laughs> or as we called it in New York, the artificial fart under the arm! <laughs> there are a lot of ways to make the fart sound when you're a kid. Let me have this one too. <laughs> 
Then the crook of your arm. <laughs> it was an important sound, you know. I get we found so many ways to make it, you know. I didn't need any of those fancy ones, because I could, uh... <laughs> I was into the bilabial fricative, you know. <laughs> I was so glad when I found out that had a real official name to it, man. I uh, started out as a child and uh, grew up in the streets of Philadelphia playing street football and everything. It was a marvelous time. And uh, let me tell you about my pair of shoes. The first pair of shoes I ever had that I played uh, football in, street football. We didn't have any sneakers. There was only one kid in our neighborhood that had a pair of sneakers. His name was Rudy. I'll never forget it. Rudy came running by us so fast. <laughs> What was that? I don't know. It was something fast. You know, and he came up. How you doing, gang? How's everything? It's good to see you. What, what do you got on? I got on sneakers. See that? They make you run fast. You can run, stop on a dime. I'll give you nine cents change. And I can keep going. And you see these little rubber balls on the, on the side there? Yeah, well, they keep me from making sparks, setting my pants on fire, because I run so fast, you know. And 
But we always had like a second pair of shoes to run in. Second pair of shoes used to be the best pair, but now you, you go and you get a good pair, and they become the seconds, you see. You wear out the sole, take them to the shoe repairman, and instead of putting leather on, he puts on a rubber sole, which is cheaper, and at the same time, better for you to run in, because rubber, you can stop. So there's a difference the way they put on the sole. Now, leather, they sew. Rubber, the shoe repairman tacks. So when you run and play, you don't wear the sole out as fast as you wear out the heads of the nails that hold on the sole. So when you do wear out the sole, you know, wear out the nails, the sole flaps down. And when you walk, it's embarrassing because your shoe flaps. You know, you flap, 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 like that, you know. Now, if you got a pair of corduroy pants on, you turn into a one-man band, you know, flap, 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 that kind of thing. And these shoes were great, because if you see a quarter, you don't have to bend over, you know. <laughs> you just pick it right up, you know. Just keep walking. Great pair of shoes. We played street football right there on the street. And uh, this is where we had the greatest quarterback in the world. Our quarterback, he had to control 23 men on a side. And he was really great at it. You women don't know anything about it. You played with dolls and stuff like that. But he's a guy with an ingenious mind. He'd call a football play like this. He'd always get down on one knee and draw.
to speak a few words on temperance, that's fine. Keep it down there. Ladies and gentlemen, down with rum. Ever since the beginning of time, there has been a drink problem. Quite a problem. Even a greater problem now, it's so scarce. Throughout the Middle Ages, the use of liquor was universal. And drunkenness was so common, it was unnoticed. They called it the Middle Ages, because no one was able to walk home unless they were between two other fellows. I was usually the middle guy. But through the years, enlightenment came, and with it, the control of spiritus fermenti. And controlling spiritus fermenti is tougher than tying a hair ribbon on a bolt of lightning. <laughs> That's a good simile. The first instance of federal authority in this country was when George Washington put down the Whiskey Rebellion in Pennsylvania. I imagine George put down a little of the vile stuff, too. <laughs> there was a fellow that really lived. What a guy, what a man. Now, before I go any further, please do not labor under the misconception that I always have been a teetotaler. No. In my younger days, I was prone to take a nip. I chortle now at the former weakness in my otherwise strong character. But how well I remember my first encounter with a devil's brew. Devil's brew. I happened to stumble across a case of bourbon, and I went right on stumbling for several days thereafter. Of course, now, I touch nothing stronger than buttermilk. 90 proof buttermilk. I look on my days of revelry with scorn and reproachment and shudder when I recall going to the corner saloon, tugging at my daddy's coattails and saying, Father, dear father, come home with me now and bring a jug with you. However, I came from a very illustrious family. My great-grandfather was a friend of Benjamin Franklin's. In fact, my great-grandfather would have discovered electricity, but he was too poor to buy a kite. He had to go out and hire one. I have a picture of him at home, standing in front of the town tavern. He was hiring a kite much higher. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's been Bug Off Square. Thanks for doing what you got to do to do. Uh, stay tuned for uh, Fuck Off. This is the sound of musical curiosity, bitch. Um, no, it's uh, it's not that at all. But uh, Bear's here. What do you got going for us, Bear? Mike 2. Mike, Mike 2. March Madness. March Madness. Uh, it is upon us. Yeah. It is. So songs about madness. Dig. All right. And uh, uh, remember in these, in these troubled times, uh, uh, wash your hands and count to 20.
Tuesday at 4 o'clock here in San Francisco at Mutiny Radio, which means it's time for the always free podcast. This is a podcast that's rainbow gathering centered where we try to capture the moments of rainbow gatherings through stories and songs and old issues of the always free. And I'm just going to, I'm going to try to play some rainbow comedy today. Got these recordings from Tanali and his uh, soundsoftherainbow.org and this genre list. I'm just gonna go through and play comedy and stories today. And next week we'll follow up on the article 